unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And then I went to bed and she slept through the rest of the night. The next morning she woke up. And I was like, hey, you slept better. Are you feeling okay? She's like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. And it's like, you know, how, do you, how did you sleep? She's like, I slept good because the angels helped me to sleep. And I said, you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean that the angels helped you to sleep? And she said, well, there was angels and they gave me a special prayer like daddy gives me. And I was like, could you see them? And she said, no, but I could see their hands. They had bright white hands. Um, and she said, and there was one, two, three, four. And she pointed to places in the room that she had seen them. And, and it was just so humbling to me because I knew at that moment that this really happened. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Saints Unscripted. And today we have a very special guest who has so graciously agreed to come onto our show and to tell a little bit of his story. It's Brian Young. You may recognize him uh, from a video he did with the church. It's in the His Grace series. And there he very candidly, openly shared his uh, personal journey with the loss of a child and how that affected his family, his faith, and how he grew. And today we're going to have the chance to hear from Brian a little bit about that journey and then how he was able to increase his faith and increase his love in his family and community and what he learned. So Brian, thanks for being here. Thanks. So could you just start us out by giving us as much as you're comfortable with just an overview of what happened and kind of what you shared in that video that you did with the church. Yeah. So, um, in 2012, my oldest daughter, Holland, um, was, uh, had some headaches. Um, long story short, um, we ended up getting an MRI that revealed that, uh, she had a brain tumor on the back of her, um, brain. Um, that was about the size of a, of a golf ball, and then it had a cyst about the size of a grapefruit off of it, and so that was what was causing her to be sick. Um, they did several surgeries, were able to remove it, um, she was, everything was going well, and then the uh, um, brain tumor grew back, but it mutated to a more aggressive type. They did another brain surgery, were able to remove it again. Um, and then we started chemo to make sure it didn't grow back, but then it did grow back, um, into a third different type of brain tumor, um, that was more aggressive, um, and that spread throughout her brain and down her spine. And so 14 months after she was diagnosed, she passed away, um, from, um, cancer. And, uh, um, yeah, and that was in, um, August 4th of 2013 that she passed away. Um, that's kind of the quick overview. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. And there's uh, so much more. Um, and we'd encourage you to go and, and look at that video for some of the details on that yeah. story. But today we really wanted to get in some of the untold stories, some yeah. of those special spiritual experiences that took place in the face of tragedy. The most yeah. horrible thing that could happen to a parent, um, a, a child dying, you would think that that would just absolutely break you and your wife down forever permanently. Um, and I'm sure it, in many moments it did, but we had the chance to chat a little bit before we started filming and you shared some really special experiences that helped you realize that Jesus Christ is aware of you, that yeah. he is mindful. And we'd love to just kind of give you the mic okay. and let you talk about those hopeful yeah. experiences that helped you in those moments. Yeah. 
And and so I always say like it really started like when the doctor first kind of said brain tumor, right? Like right. and and you know she'd been sick and throwing up and and when they said that, like I, it was just like this numb feeling of kind of like not knowing what that really meant, right? And just kind of right. getting on a roller coaster and just going along for the ride. And then... Because um, how do you prepare for that? You yeah, can't. right, exactly. Yes. I mean, because people, like, you know, kind of, like, along the lines of what you were saying, people always say, oh, I could never do that. And it's mm-hmm. just like, nobody thinks they can do something right. like this, right? That's right. not something... Exactly. You know, I wasn't voted most likely to have a kid die of a brain tumor. You know, like, that's not something people think that they can do. Um, and, and so when it first happened, I was really overwhelmed and just kind of, you know, like, how is this happening? Because I had, you know, I would given her... Um, priesthood blessings that we you know we have in our church um to for of healing and i i felt really strongly that she was going to get better and then she didn't you know and um and, and i was really struggling with that you know and so that first night um i had actually <laughs> um a couple days before i had broken my finger and so i had a follow-up doctor's oh, no. appointment and so i had to drive um back home to provo because we were up at primary children's right, hospital right. uh in uh, salt lake city and and so my wife stayed with her that first night in the hospital, and I drove home um, so I could go to this doctor's appointment. And the whole ride home, I was just crying and just really overwhelmed. And when I got home, I couldn't, like, I prayed, and I couldn't find peace. I couldn't find anything that was going to help me get over this, you know. And I just thought, why is this happening? Why, you know, like, haven't I been good, right? I went on a mission. You know, I served in a bishopric. I, you know, I've been faithful my whole life. I was born in this church. I've done all these things, right? If I need a miracle, right, why, why can't I make this miracle happen now? And, and I just couldn't find a piece. And I, I felt like, well, if I'm, I need to kind of figure this out one way or the other, um, because I can't kind of have this battle going on with right. me and be there for her while she's literally fighting for her life. Right. Um, right. and so like, I kind of felt like, well, I'm going to go to the temple. And, and so I went, I drove to the Provo temple, um, and like as soon as they opened and I just and I went to like the office, you know, and I was just like, look, you know, and I was a mess and I was crying and I was just like, look, I just need to talk to God. Like, is there any way like I just go up to this left room and they're like, okay, we can make that happen. And, um, and, and so I went and I prayed and the answer that God told me was, you know, she could die from this, but you need to put your faith in me, not in outcomes, right? Don't, don't put your faith in this is going to go the way I want it to go. Put your faith in me and everything will be okay. And it was amazing because that wasn't necessarily the answer I wanted, right? I didn't come out of there no, feeling like, yeah. okay, it's going to be great. Like, But right. I, it gave me this peace that no matter what happens through this, we're going to be okay. And uh, and like I said, long story short, you know, we went back and, and the surgeries were successful and it was great. And, and I had this moment of feeling like, you know, and I, I and I would get up and bear my testimony at church and say, like, you know, what? we had faith, you know, but she got better, you know, and and, and our faith worked. And, and I looked down the barrel of the spiritual gun and I said, I believe and now I'm better for it. And then it came back, you right. know, and, and it was this real kick in the pants of just like, OK, we already did this. Right. Like, I had the faith and she got better and everything went like how it's supposed to go. Right. Why is this coming back? Right. Um, and, um, and, you know, and that was kind of almost harder when it came back. And it was right before Christmas. And we just felt really, you know, like, like I said, faith shaken. And I remember like looking for some kind of answer. And, and there was a chaplain at Primary Children's that came and talked to us. And, and that helps. And then... Um, some friends of a friend um, 
uh, new President Monson, um, and so oh um, he uh, he sent two members of the seventy to come and give her a blessing, and it was this a great moment of feeling like okay, I feel that God's aware of us, and and I knew we'd be okay, and and so that surgery was successful, and again I felt that peace, mm-hmm. and then we started chemo, um, and and actually like chemo went better than anticipated, right? You kind of have these visions of what it's going to be like but she was certainly got sick a lot of it she was three years old when she She's got really diagnosed. little yeah and um and so one time she got sick like while she was on the chemo like she got like a cold um and when you're on chemo that totally knocks you out right, right. and so right. she um was sick and i was staying up with her really late at night and um she like wasn't sleeping yeah right? like she yeah. just couldn't get she couldn't any sleep. relief she was crying and and she just she would get these headaches and mm-hmm. um and so i went in and i gave her a blessing and the blessing said you know that you'll be you'll be blessed with ministering angels to help you to sleep through the night and help you to be made whole and 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 i felt like okay you know i felt okay i gave her this blessing and and honestly from the time she was diagnosed to the time she passed away, I probably gave her over a hundred blessings, you know, and, and that was just kind of a regular, yeah. um, event in our household. Um, and, but like, for whatever reason, this, she was not going to bed. Like she was crying and screaming and, and I just, and I sat with her rubbing her back and, and I, I just broke down. I was just like, I don't feel like this is working anymore. Right. Like I'm giving her these, these blessings and and praying and doing all this stuff and she's still sick right it's not going away and and you know I said a prayer and God said you know just put your hand on her head and and so I did and you know the room was pitch black um and it was dark late at night but I could feel another hand on her head and it was you know it was this the spiritual jolt of you know I'm I'm not alone here and and I prayed and I could feel that there was angels giving her blessings and that there were other family members that were there watching over us. And it was just this really overwhelming feeling. And then she fell asleep and I went back and I wrote it down and I woke up my wife and I was like, you're never going to believe what I just felt and I experienced. And, and then I went to bed and she slept through the rest of the night. The next morning she woke up and I was like, hey, you slept better. Are you feeling okay? She's like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. And it's like, you know, how, do you, how did you sleep? She's like, I slept good because the angels helped me to sleep. And I said, you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean that the angels helped you to sleep? And she said, well, there was angels and they gave me a special prayer like daddy gives me. And I was like, could you see them? And she said, no, but I could see their hands. They had bright white hands. Um, And she said, and there was one, two, three, four. And she pointed to places in the room that she had seen them. And, And it was just so humbling to me because I knew at that moment that this really happened. You know, like in the scriptures, we talk about, you know, the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? But this witness was a three-year-old girl that couldn't make this up. Like, and mm-hmm. she experienced the exact same thing. She had felt the angel's hands on her head. She had seen them. She had known where they were. She felt that presence. And, and it was just this humbling experience because so often when I've shared these experiences to people, they kind of say like, you know, you just, you feel what you want to feel, right? Like you're, you're a grieving father. And so you tell yourself these stories to help yourself feel better. But like in that moment, I was like, that's not what happened, Mm -hmm. right? She experienced the exact same thing that I did. And she was asleep when this happened, right? Like, and, and so like, she didn't hear, like these prayers that I said were silent prayers, right? Like she couldn't Mm -hmm. have known any other way. And, and so from that moment on, I knew that God was with us. And and, and when she eventually passed, yeah. you were able to remember those times. Yeah. Remember that, 
even though it wasn't the outcome yeah. like you said that yeah. you wanted that he was he was there he cared about you and afterwards like when she passed like how were you able to deal with that how were you able to keep that hope after that time yeah i think there's a lot, a lot of answers that I could, I could give to that. You know, sure. I, I always say, you know, as a profession, I'm a psychologist. Um, mm -hmm. and so certainly a lot of that stuff helped, yeah. um, <laughs> having, having a background in, yeah. in cognitive behavioral therapy certainly helps with grieving. But I always say sure. if I could pick one or the other therapy or the gospel, I'd pick the gospel because that's what gave me answers, right? Is I would say therapy helps me to see what's not true, but it doesn't tell me what is true. And this is what helped me to see what is true. Um, and and I would, like, when moments are hard for us, I always say it's it's in thinking back to how she was and, and thinking about how she could be, right? And, and my wife and I always say, it's a dangerous game if you start playing the what if game. Because mm -hmm. when you play the what if game, you gotta put them up a million other what ifs, right? Like, well, what if she hadn't died? Well, is she still sick? Or, right, you know, like, right, did right. she have other complications, right? Like, there's all these what ifs. But, and that, and that sometimes, you know, I think, cause she'd be 11 now. And I think how different would my family be now if I had an 11 year old here? And that kind of makes me sad. But then I think about who she is now and that gives me peace because I know that she's with Heavenly Father. And I think, you know, I kind of, I had another experience before she passed away where the doctors kind of said, like she had her, the last brain tumor come back and we were in the hospital. She had had multiple seizures, wasn't responding. Um, doctors kind of said, tumor's too widespread, we can't do anything. And so my wife and I, we uh, drove to Salt Lake Temple and, um, and I kind of went with the hope of, and as we got in the car, one of her favorite songs came on the radio and it was like this spirit of feeling like, okay, you know, she, she's with us and, and this is going to be great. And I knew like, ah, I'm going to have full faith that she's going to get better because I've given her blessings that she's going to be made whole. And when I went to the temple, God told me that she wasn't going to get better. And it was really humbling because I was just like, you know, okay, then why did you lie to me? <laughs> right? Because I had all these blessings that said that she was going to be a mother, that she was going to be, be able to go on a mission, that like all of these things that... I gave her blessings that she would be made better. She would be made whole. And God really kind of opened my mind to mm -hmm. say, I didn't lie to you. You just don't see things the way that I see them. Right. When I say that she's not going to die, I mean spiritual death. Because to me, that's really what death is. Mm -hmm. When I say that she'll serve a mission, I mean that she will preach the gospel to people on the other side and that she will help people in this life with a spiritual sense. When I say that she'll be a mother, I mean a mother to worlds. And I and, and it was just gave me this internal perspective. This of lens, things. this new way yeah. of seeing it. And and it helped me to see things that this wasn't just a temporary thing, right? This was right. this was an eternal plan and, and I always say like I'm not like a vision visionary person. I don't have visions and stuff like that. But in this moment I saw this moment of her and I with the Savior, and we went to him with a plan, and we said, you know, we've got this plan of how things are gonna be in this life. We've studied a lot, and we wanna draw closer to you when we're down there, and so I'm gonna go down first, I'll be the dad, she'll come down, she'll be the daughter, and then she'll get sick, and she'll die, and 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 we know that if we do this, we'll draw closer to you. Mm -hmm. and, and he looked at us with tears in his eyes, and he said, you're right, that would draw you closer to me and that would help other people draw closer to me, but there's gonna be pain and suffering and grief and cancer and all these things. And we didn't 
I like in the memory, like we didn't know what those words meant, but right. he said, you know, if, if it draws us closer to you, we're willing to do whatever. And it just added this eternal perspective that this was something that came from before. And I, and I always try to make a point that I don't think that every bad thing that we signed up, right? I don't think we came down with a checklist of like, all right, these are all the bad things that are going to happen to us. But for me and my family, I feel like that did happen to us, right? Like that this was part of the plan that we we had made and that God didn't cruelly give it to us, right? I think sometimes we view trials that way that like, right. you know, like, well, why did God make this bad thing happen to us? And it's like, I, I honestly believe we wanted these bad things to happen. We just didn't know how bad they were going to suck <laughs> when, so, when they happened. So on the other side of that yeah. now, how have you seen this tragedy yeah. bring your family together and make you better people and, and draw you closer yeah. to Christ? So when, when she passed away, we had one other son, um, Dallin, and he uh, he was a year old um, when she passed away. Um, and we've had two other kids since then, um, Nelson and Hinckley. And, um, and it's amazing to see the grasp that my kids have on... God's role in our life. Mm -hmm. You know, they talk about Hond like an active member of the family. You know, they they always, whenever somebody says, oh, you you know, like you've, there's three kids in your family, they always correct them. They're always like, no, there's four. We have our sister Hond, and especially our little girl, um, Hinkley. And I've, I could go on and on about some of the experiences that I had with that. But um, I'll, I'll just say Hinkley and Holland have a very special relationship. And, and Hinkley always talks about, and I've got my sister Holland, and and she talks about when she's resurrected, we're gonna share a bunk bed. <laughs> like we're, you know, she talks about the resurrection, and the resurrection is so real to us. And because of that, Hinkley also talks about Jesus. Like she says, when Jesus comes back, Holland's gonna come back, and Jesus. It, like and she'll say like oh we need to make sure we have a, a space at the table for for Holland and also for Jesus. Like and, and it just makes it feel like you know these kids see how real this is, and I and I think that's. That's the thing that's the difference and, and the thing that really, you know, helps me to overcome any bad day that I have, right? I mean, because, like, it's, you know, this was, this was easily the worst thing that's ever happened to me, right? But a lot of other bad things happen. But whenever those things happen, I put them into perspective and go, you know, this is just a blip. This is just a moment. And if I choose to trust in God when something bad happens, I can become better through this. And I always say, you know, I can choose to become better or bitter when I'm dealt with an experience. And I either focus on the I or I focus on the B, what I can become or what I am. And I think so often we get stuck in what, what we are. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as a psychologist, I always say, like, depression comes from living in the past. Anxiety comes from living in the future. But when we have peace, it's from living in the present. Right. Um, you know, and, and Christ said, you know, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And and there was just a general conference talk about that, you know, and and, and I I always love that scripture because the world's peace takes away the trial. But God's peace gives us peace while the trial rages. I always say, you know, the miracle of Christ calming the seas. Mm -hmm. You know, when you know, the apostles think they're gonna die, they're on this rocking ship and he he's asleep. And I always say, you know, so often we focus on that, the miracle of that being that he calms the seas. But the real miracle is that while the storm raged, he slept. Mm -hmm. He didn't fear that he was going to die like the apostles did. He knew that this was God's plan. And he knew he wasn't going to die on this ship. And so he wasn't afraid. He was able to sleep while everybody else around him thought they were going to die. And I think that is the message that I get. That's the Lord's peace. It's while 
the storms rage in your life while you go through the hardest trials. You know, and I always I, like think about the hardest thing that you've gone through. Can can you have peace in that moment? And and it's just a matter of choosing whether to believe in God or not, right? Like everybody's trials aren't going to look like mine, right? Mine are fairly unique to me. And people always ask, you know, like what what advice would you give to somebody who's grieving? And I was like, I don't know because. Mm -hmm. This is what will help me and my family, but it might be different for somebody else. But my advice is always just help them draw on the God. Because if you can draw closer to the Savior, then that you get that eternal perspective. And like I said, you know, for me, it was going to the temple. Um, that helped me to find peace. For, for you, it might just be singing a hymn or saying a prayer or whatever. But when the biggest, you know, trial that happens in your life happens you have that choice to say am i going to focus on myself and how cruel this is to me or am i going to focus on what am i becoming from this and you know like to your original question like i am such a better human being because of this i remember thinking when i went back to work you know i, I like so i said i'm a psychologist but i'm a school psychologist who work with children and I remember thinking, like, how am I going to go back and listen to kids talk about, complain about being bullied or, you know, their girlfriend broke up with them, right? It's like, you know, these problems are so small compared to my problems. But what I found is it was the exact opposite. It helped me to realize everybody's going through something. And, you know, it might not look as bad on paper, but the answer is the same. Mm -hmm. That if they trust in Christ and get that eternal perspective, they can overcome this. Right. And, and it's just been, like I said, I've had bad days since then, but I know that I can overcome all things through God. That doesn't mean that they're going to go away, they're, they're going to get better. It just means that I can have peace while the storm rages. That's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Brian. And for being just so open, because I think we have a lot of people who view our channel who are going through intense grief or pain and doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one. Like you said, it could be any manner of things, yeah. but like, how do we approach that with faith, with that eternal perspective and the knowledge that it's for a reason and we are going to grow from it and we are going to be better from it. So thank you for just being so open, so generous with that um, experience. And I just, I feel the spirit. I feel my faith increasing. So thank you so much. So we just want to end the episode with Brian just sharing his testimony of the Savior. And actually, he wrote a book about his experiences. He wrote all of this down. So if you know someone who's struggling, what's the name of the book, Brian? It's called Meant for Heaven. Meant for Heaven. Um, so check that out. Yeah. We'll link it below. You can go look at it. But yeah, yeah. what are any final thoughts about the Savior? Anything that you want to share? So I just I just want to close with my testimony of, of the Savior because, you know, I talk about these things a lot and, and sometimes I think people hear me talk about these and feel like, why isn't this guy crying more? You know, and I talk about these a lot and I've experienced it a lot. But like I said, the atonement really does take the sadness out of it, right? You know, when you hear that a little girl dies of a brain tumor, that sounds really sad, right? And it is, and it's hard and it's painful and there's all these emotions. But when you realize, you know, I, I'll just share one more brief experience. I had a friend at the same time who had a son diagnosed with spina bifida and they were able to have a surgery that helped him. And he was like, we got this miracle. And I remember the same time we didn't get the miracle and she died. And then the 
God taught me, the real miracle is the atonement. Because when you think about it, most of your fears, most of the pain, most of the suffering you go through come from two things, either death, fear of dying, or fear of getting hurt, or, or fear of messing up, making mistakes. And that's exactly what Christ took away. He took away the fear of death. He took away the fear of making mistakes. And so if you take those two things, there's not a lot to be afraid of anymore. Um, and so for me, the greatest miracle of this, you know, we talked about angels and we talked about visions and all of these things, but the greatest miracle to me is the atonement of Jesus Christ because it gives me hope when hope was gone, right? You know, the, when I lost my daughter, I, I can't see her anymore. You know, there, there was a Will Smith movie, uh, Collateral Beauty, mm. and he, it's about him losing his daughter. And he says, you know, everybody t tells me about God and Jesus and all this stuff, but that doesn't put my little girl back in my arms. And it's true, right? She's not in my life anymore. She's gone, but her spirit is so real and so real and a part of me, and that is because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Because of that, I not only feel her, but I know that I will see her again. And my faith in the resurrection, my faith in the atonement, allows me to know that no matter what happens, I will see her again. And in my hardest moments, I can turn to that, and I am so grateful for Jesus Christ. He's not just my savior, he's not just my older brother, he's my friend. And I'm so grateful for his role in this. You know, I think, I think maybe we said this before, maybe we said it in the video, I don't know. Um, but, you know, what makes me different, right? Why did, why, why am I able to go through this and become better and become, have more faith while somebody else doesn't, while somebody else loses their faith and becomes bitter and angry and gets divorced or, or whatever happens or suicidal, all these things that can happen when somebody goes through a trial like this. And there's nothing special about me, right? I am just an ordinary guy. Um, but who is special is Jesus Christ. And that is what helped me to get through it because I trusted in him and I had faith in him. And I... I hold true to the promises that he gave me, not that she would be healed miraculously, but that she would be healed through resurrection. And that is the greatest miracle of all. And I'm so eternally grateful for the Savior Jesus Christ. And I know that he lives. And, you know, a lot of people I'm sure watch these videos and don't know that. And I don't know a lot of things. <laughs> I'm not the smartest person, but if I can tell you one thing, that I know is that Jesus Christ lives and that he loves you just as much as he loves me. Because I'm not special. I'm just an ordinary guy. But Jesus Christ has shown me his hand in, his, in my life and he can do the same thing for you if you trust in him. Thank you, Brian. So that's our episode and I, I hope that you'll share it with someone who needs it. Um, Thank you, Ryan, for being here, for sharing your story. We are going to put a link to his book and also how to find him on social media below. And we have some videos about resurrection, about priesthood blessings. We can also link below some things that were talked about in the videos. And if you have personally been touched by his story or if you have someone 
in your life who has also overcome a very incredible trial, please tell us about it in the comments. We'd love to hear about it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.